What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. And welcome to another episode of Fan with the Fanbite Podcast, the flagship, the 50 episode starter. I don't know what else to call it. So I'll just go move on to uh, the guests or the hosts, I guess, is the, actually the phrase that we use to, to, for these people who are on every week. Typically got... the people who host the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I thought I would shake things up a little bit this week and just kind of like make you guys all worried that maybe I was kicking you off, but no. No, that was the voice of uh, Merritt K, Features and Trending Editor for Fanbyte.com, who is, of course, one of the like longtime standbys of Fan with the Fanbyte podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Glad, uh, glad you could bring me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was great to to have you. I'm glad it worked into your schedule and that you mm-hmm. were available this time. Uh, how about you, Nikki Grayson, Social Editor of Fanbyte.com? I'm really happy. This is my first show, so mm-hmm. we'll see how this one goes. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you. And your name is Steven. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, and... actually pronounced Gustavo, but we'll uh, you know fix that in post. We'll get there. I like we'll that you paused after saying social and before saying editor, as if there is or should be some other part of Nikki's title. And I think <laughs> there should be. I think, frankly, there should be. It should be like social. And like a youth outreach editor, or like Ooh, that's yeah. me. I'm gonna add that to my Twitter bio. Social right now. and social posting and... editor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> social and posting. I love it. I love to post. Honestly, do you? Uh, I like the part before that. I like the part where you put the words into the machine. Um, oh, but oh, the... but not the part where other people can see it exactly. And I don't talk like to the... you about them. <laughs> That's the... so now you've really hit the uh, nail on the head. It's the part where they do interact. I don't like engagement. Is kind of my thing. I see. Uh, it is definitely a problem. Well, um, it's interesting you say that you don't like engaging with other people because we decided about ten minutes before we started recording that we are maybe going to talk about. <laughs> engaging with other people in the form yeah. of electronic uh, video games. Right. Electronic video games. The only kind that I play. Well, after the collapse, we'll have to kind of simulate Mario um, mm. with like a complex system. It'll be like, you know, in like Rust where you like build like the Millennium Falcon out of sticks right. or whatever. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like that. I See, I was kind of picturing in my head, you know, Little Big Planet. This is timely because Dreams mm-hmm. just came out. Another media molecule property from Sony, the Sony Corporation, your friends. Um, I was thinking about how, like, in those people, 
will make things like calculators, and then like you take the cardboard front off the calculator inside of Little Big Planet, and it's just a bunch of pulleys and strings and things. Yeah, creating mm-hmm. a calculator. What if we did that in real life, except it made Mario jump? Yeah. It's like a hand puppet of Mario that that goes up when some like you know complex system of pulleys and levers and like human labor behind the scenes has well, to go through yeah. like, agonizing torture. I mean, theoretically, I think the reason people can build those things in Minecraft, and I could be way off here, but like theoretically, any machine can be reduced to like a series of like on-off switches and like right. yeses and nos um, and redstone. So- that's why electronics used to be so big because it they basically were just the electric equivalent of that. And right. then when when we invented miniaturization, you have like a computer chip that has like internal software logic that tells things what to do. Yeah. Yeah. This is all news to me because I thought that this was what was happening inside of my Xbox already. Oh, so. there's like borrowers in there just like yeah. <laughs> painting yeah. the graphics. Yeah, it's uh, the Discworld books. Some of my favorite books of all time are basically literally that. There's, like, pocket watches, but the pocket watches are just, like, somebody summoned up, like, a goblin that lives inside of your pocket watch that just, like, runs on a bicycle and to make your watch go. Wait, but do they get to stop? I don't think so. Do they have rights? Uh, no, of course not. There are, well, in the Discworld books, so like the, the thing. Discworld books, I feel like they're almost certainly is a book about goblin rights or whatever, where like yes. the, th- the sprites that are powering the watches are just like, this fucking sucks. No, there's literally one of the last ones that Terry Pratchett wrote before he dies is literally about goblins, <laughs> is a, literally a main character that is a goblin. And it is about like their perception in that world uh, and like how people treat them and stuff like that. Uh, the, the small like sprite or imp that was inside the pocket watches, I don't think they specifically got theirs on that one. I think Derry Pratchett did uh, pass away before he got to that, but that is literally what those books are, is just, like, constant, like, metaphors for industrialization and, like, cultural advancement, um, but with, you know, weird monsters and with goblins. and stuff. With goblins sometimes. Goblins run our banks, and they do have okay. rather large noses, but okay. don't pay attention okay. to that. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Or are those elves? No, house elves are elves. House elves are elves in that universe. Yeah. House elves are, are elves. different. There are different species. Oh, no. I saw. We can't do that. I am sorry. No, I. Where the door is open, I do need to say that okay. I. I have talked about this coffee shop that I go to on this program, mm-hmm. Fan with the Fan Bite Podcast. The first, the original, the fifty starter. Uh, I went there today. And at this coffee shop, you can get a 10 cent, not 10%, but 10 cents discount on your order if you correctly answer a trivia question mm-hmm. um, that is written on a chalkboard that they change every day. Um, now, the chalkboard in question did have a, I, I want to say, a somewhat poorly worded and maybe ill-conceived uh, trivia question today that also is just like maybe pulling off of the bad stories of one uh, JK Rowling and it's, it's maybe just like this is a poison chalice from the very beginning but it did say what was the name of the black family's house elf oof a doofa yeah and and now did you get that one correct Stephen and get your 10, 10 cent discount uh, well, you do know that I am a huge fan of Sirius Black, the scion of the Black family in the Harry Potter universe. Uh-huh. I have I have no idea what that. I know he was a mean one because Dobby was the nice one, but then the Sirius That's right. it the... was the Grinch. <laughs> 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 Shit! I should have known. 
was a mean one, yeah. Um, uh. Can I just say that... Yeah. I hate the infiltration of trivia into, like, mainstream society. Mm. Like, why do we have to make everything fun, you know? Like, that's, like, the gamification of coffee. <laughs> just give me my coffee. Yeah. Like, I don't want to answer a skill-testing question. Like... I know it's supposed to be fun, but like, does everything have to be fun? If everything is fun, then nothing is fun. Right. Yeah. Exactly. If everyone is special, then no one is. Incredibles three in theaters now. Yeah. No, actually, Incredibles Finally. Incredibles three or four or how many are we on? They're up to two, I believe. Well, they, there are two of them. Okay, I've the third one the should be about someone who wants to gamify everything. Oh shit! It's uh, kind of like just, a kind of like an arcade from the X Men kind of situation. Uh, they, I hope Arcade is doing well right now because, like, honestly, in the last 10 years, they could have done a lot with that character. Uh, well, at, mm? Is he dead? It, He's probably dead, right? Do you want to know? Uh, your voice you, makes it sound like I probably don't. No, it's actually... I. So I really liked this storyline. There was a, there was a, The last thing I saw Arcade doing was sending a giant spiked ball after Gambit as he ran yeah. down... A corridor trying to jump off giant playing cards in the Sega Genesis game Spider-Man and the X-Men. <laughs> that sounds cool. So it's very Ar- difficult. <laughs> uh, Arcade has been up to a lot more than that. I don't know where he's at now, but if we're talking in the last 10 years, the only thing I was like reticent about is because anytime I talk about comics, I'm always worried that I'm about to bore everyone to death. Uh, that just was tell all us, was... Just, just give us the scoop on Arcade. Okay, so Arcade, for people who don't know, he is a he does not have superpowers. He's just a rich guy who likes to fuck with the X-Men and sometimes the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man uh, with, like, big game-themed uh, death traps and stuff. In, uh, in, a, in a series that I really liked uh, from a few years back, maybe five years ago now, called Avengers Arena, uh, he was basically made fun of by a bunch of other D-list supervillains um, who were like, you don't even have superpowers. You've never even, like, you've never been anybody's arch nemesis. You're kind of like a joke among us. You're, the only reason you have a seat at this table is because you have a lot of money, and sometimes we like to hit you up for money. So he was like, okay, I'm going to do something that is going to put me on the map, and I really want to, like, make a bold statement here by doing something that's going to be really, really wild um, and use the th- resources I have at my disposal. What he did was... Hired a lady to make him an island uh, where he was basically, as long as he was on that island because of like nanotechnology and holograms and force fields and stuff like that, he was basically God. Um, He could do almost whatever he wanted and created a battle royale style like death trap island for um, like the runaways and, you know, like, like, um, God, uh, Avengers Academy students and like basically at risk superhero children who people would not miss necessarily uh-huh. if they because they would be like, oh, they just like you were literally part of a group called the Runaways. <laughs> you ran away. So it's like we yeah. can't do anything about it. Um, brought them all there uh, and then forced them to start uh, trying to kill each other um, in various ways. And, with, and like when they wouldn't do it, he would use his weird godlike powers to put them in precarious situations where they would almost have to. And then filmed the whole thing and uploaded it to YouTube um, at the end uh, to basically um, show these kids getting uh, brutally killed um, in various different ways. Like, in the very first uh, issue, there's, like, this one lady, she's got wings, and they're like, uh, we're on an island, like, we can't get off this island. She's like, "Uh, I can fly, and she tries to fly. Uh, and then hits, like, an invisible, like, under-the-dome-style force field, uh, snaps her neck and falls to the ground. Um, Oops. 
Yeah. Oops. And then that happened for a while. And Wait, then... but wouldn't YouTube just take that down? Uh, you know, it gets once it's on the internet, like, it, you know, people people download it, people talk about it. But what is it. his plan? To, like, get notoriety or make money? Notoriety. Or... Okay. Notoriety. Yeah, he wants notoriety because he's already... Because like, he has money. Right. right. Okay. Uh, and then that, like, led to a storyline called Avengers Undercover, where, like, the surviving kids of that island joined the Masters of Evil. Uh, and I think Nico from The Runaways kills him, because uh, they, like, the Baron Zemo is like, hey, uh, you should join us supervillains. You you literally all got pulled to an island uh, where you were forced to murder each other, and all the superheroes didn't even notice you were gone. They didn't care about any of you. You should just, like, hang out with us in our weird sort of, like... Ma- it was wasn't Madripoor, but it might as well have been Madripoor, like one of those weird I don't crime know what islands. That is. Oh, it's like a weird crime island in the Marvel universe where it's just like all crime all... island. They should have yeah. just called it Crime Island. That, <laughs> yeah. that sounds way better. Crime Island probably exists in a comic book somewhere, right? Don't worry, it's just a name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's basically yeah, it's just what we call it. That's because <laughs> Crime yeah. Island is actually a peninsula. Mm-hmm. Cri- True Crime Island is the name of a podcast, and I have to. That I feel like I have to stop now. It's also in the Vice City font, so uh, <laughs> it's time for me to go. Okay, goodbye, Merritt. Thank you for guesting on this one specific episode of Fame. <laughs> You're welcome. So Arcade got killed? I think he dies. I think Nico okay. burns him yeah, alive. And I figured the, he was probably yeah. dead. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that's our like Arcade seven update. seven years ago, so he's probably alive. You know, He might be alive again. Anyway, that's Arcade Update, where we talk about the health and status of... Uh, arcade, not of course America's arcades, but uh, the the character, or arcade yeah, fire, the man, different, or arcade fire. Uh, not concerned about any of those things, just the guy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk instead. Now, um, I don't even know how we got here, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got here. I don't know how I got into this room, um, but. Let's talk about co-op games because we played some last week and uh, we played a new one called GTFO, which... <laughs> now, now, what does that stand for? Um, get the French onion dip. It's like kind of like instructions mm-hmm. to like someone going to the store. Like it's onion like you're texting. No, it's like texting. Uh, no, no, no. Like um, it's like someone texting like, what kind of dip should I get? And they're like, get the French onion. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. right. Yeah, um, and it's kind of a cook serve delicious style kind yeah, of game. Yeah, you're you know? venturing into the depths of this hell prison to get the dip. Yeah, uh, that the <laughs> chef left when they evacuated. Um, you might as well be. I have no idea what the fuck you're. I have no is idea yet game. what the end yeah. game of the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, you're, you're just trying to. We didn't go get a thing. We didn't try to type in french onion dip into the computer during the hacking segment right so we actually don't know what would have happened if uh if we did we don't so this is a game where you and three of your closest friends are plunged you're plucked out of a super prison and plunged into the depths into its bowels to fight to get something Uh, and in the process you have to sneak past and fight these mutated creatures who uh kind of uh they can't really they don't attack you unless you get very close to them or they see you when they're sort of in like surveillance mode which is kind of a weird dynamic and you get up close to them and you bash them in the head with a big hammer and you do have guns and things but they tend to be very limited uh you have various tools like a motion detector and a foam gun that can reinforce doors which is kind of fun 
And um, we did badly at it, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult game. It's from the developers of, or some of the developers, I believe, of uh, Payday 2. Yeah. Which is that game where you wear clown masks and rob a bank. And uh, yeah, I don't know that I really cared for it. And one of my main reasons for that is one of the central issues of designing a cooperative game, which is the quarterback problem. So making a, a game, a board game or a video game where you cooperate is very easy, but making cooperation non-trivial is a little harder. And what I mean by that is, uh, is there any friction to working together? Because if not, then it might as well just be one person playing. Um, and in GTFO, the sense that I got was because there is actually quite a lot of stealth, it would make more sense in most of the situations that we were in for one player with the motion sensor to just go ahead and bonk all of the guys while everyone else kind of did nothing. Um, and it was actually made more difficult by all of us trying to advance at the same time, which in a game about cooperation, you kind of want everyone to be doing something at the same time, right? Right. Did you guys get that sense of it too, or...? Yes. I figured I'd let you go first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It seems, like you said, Mary, it was only difficult because the game made us play it. If that makes sense. Like, the only reason we were... The only reason we were struggling is because we all felt obligated to play the video game. Like, right. the turret that I had just made it more, actually just made it more difficult and made it, made things louder and uh, made it more of a stressful situation for everyone involved than it did actually any work to kill the enemies that the game was, for some fucking reason, spawning behind us. And, um, yeah, I feel like, because there are a few situations where the game forces you to fight, and I feel like those are added to kind of deal with this problem because those are the situations in which you need four people all shooting at the same time um but if those are kind of like a brute force solution to the problem of just like one person could solo this and it would be actually probably easier right i mean <clears throat> i think one thing to this worth pointing out right now is that this game is like still very early in early access so early in fact that it does not have matchmaking at all uh, you can only join people on your Steam friends list or people who have your, like, server code or something like that, I think is how that works. This is also um, a game, though, that I don't know how well matchmaking would work for it because right. it, it's almost like high-level Destiny thing where you're actually having to coordinate stuff and not just stay alive. And uh, it feels like that would be tough. I, uh, As somebody who just played through most of The Last Wish, which is one of, I think, the more complicated Destiny 2 raids, certainly the more complicated one that I have seen, I would definitely yeah. say it's not quite on a level with some of the no, worst parts of Destiny 2. Definitely not, but, um, but you do definitely have to communicate. You do need to communicate, yeah. But I, I would almost liken this, and the, the, I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't mentioned this already, I would liken it more to the, something like a Left 4 Dead right now mm -hmm. than I would liken it to something like a Destiny raid. Because the mechanics are designed such that, like, you benefit... Like, Nikki was saying, like, the, the big turret thing, kind of like... And, and you can pick these loadouts. You don't actually have to take a turret with you at any point. You can just... You choose to do that. There's several different tools that you can bring. You can bring a motion tracker, and everybody on the team can bring a motion tracker if they want, but you're losing out on the utility of having a, a gun that you can put up in those situations and stuff. Um, but, yeah, the, the cooperation oftentimes comes from, like, just... 
like creating defensible positions during those forced combat encounters and oftentimes this is something we didn't really run into because we just kind of like screamed our way through it most of the time uh-huh. but my my understanding is that there are enemies in that game that uh in order for you to stealth kill them with your melee hammer uh all four players need to like stand next to each other count down to three and then whack at the same time mm-hmm. uh in the head to get a one hit kill um and, you know, maybe there's other stuff in different levels. Currently, I think there's, like, four levels, but you have to beat the first... They, you have to beat them in order, so we only saw the first one. Um, but, yeah, and it actually makes me wonder, though. I don't think you're... You got, I think I'm a little bit less down on the game than, than uh, YouTube, but at the same time, I don't think you're wrong about the idea of it being a brute force solution to forcing people into doing cooperative gameplay. I do wonder what a non-brute force solution to cooperative gameplay looks like that makes it good you know because i think about destiny i think destiny is also pretty brute force in a lot of ways it's literally hey we need to have four people standing on these uh, plates at the same time otherwise we can't progress right yeah i mean so typically there are a few different ways that you can address the uh that you can make cooperation non-trivial um one of them is just uh, if things are happening in real time, that that in itself, if you just need to have like four brains working or like actively doing something, which is part of most video games. That's how like most games, uh, video games do it. Uh, another one is like making communication difficult. So I guess in a game that would be something like a journey, right? Mm, um, yeah. But that also is more common, I think, in um, in board games. Uh, there's like adding a traitor mechanic where, you know, right. someone at any time you don't know who you can really trust. Um, and board games especially have this problem um, because a game like, so one game I used to play all the time in college is Arkham Asylum. And it's this really big sprawling fantasy flight game with tons of little bits. And you're going around this board, like getting clues and trying to stop this like old one from entering our world problem with Arkham Asylum is that each player takes their turn on their own and one player if if there's one player who knows the best strategy they could really just be like okay you should go here and do this you should go here and do this and it's not fun for the other people but like right it's also not fun for someone who knows what what to do to sit back and watch like everyone else lose the game for them <laughs> uh, so some board games have addressed this with uh there's that one oh that I can't remember um space something where it's real time space and there's like team? uh is that it um there's it ha- like has a cd or like no it's not space team hmm. um but i guess that is another one of these um wait was space team the the phone game where you each had different controls on your phone yeah and it was like rotate yes. the sprocket door for whatever yeah 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 that that's like a good example of like um having each player doing something different which is another um, like role-based things, um, mm. uh, real-time board game space. Uh, space alert is the name of space that game. Space alert. Okay. Um, it's like you have to survive for ten minutes and then make a jump um, to safety, and because it is like uh, the timer is constantly going, there's not really enough time for one person to coordinate everyone, uh, and. Uh, that's their way of doing it. But what are some of your favorite co-op games, like either board games or video games? And like, what, what do you like about them? 
uh nikki i might refer back to you on this one real quick just because i'm kind of curious because i think i know what i'm going to say and i think people can who yeah. listen to this podcast can guess but mm-hmm. my i really this is a, this is going to be a weird answer and I, a lot of this, I think, is recency bias because I'm, I'm currently playing through them. I like the fact that Halo has co-op, even though it is very expressly not built for the fact for multiple people mm-hmm. playing it. Right. Yeah. Um, because it 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 feels like you are breaking that game on mm-hmm. a certain level. Um, because the AI really isn't built for multiple people. Like, it isn't built to, like, maintain focus on multiple people at the same time. The spaces aren't built for two Master Chiefs. Like, they they are very specifically built for one person, and then at some point along the, along the way, someone at Bungie and at 343 was like, what if we just put two Master Chiefs in it? What mm-hmm. if we put three Master Chiefs? Four <laughs> Master Chiefs! Can we have four? Um... Yeah, can we put four Master Chiefs in this one? And then someone said, yeah, I guess we can. And then it, it's just, it, it adds a level of chaos because like you will, regardless of what uh, Master Chiefs two through four actually end up doing, you will end up completing the mission. It's not like, it's not like there is any variability in any of the Halo missions. They are all point A to point B um basically walkabouts where yeah. you shoot stuff along the way um but because they are very specifically built for single player uh experiences the things that happen the the things that happen when you add in that extra variable of another person um just introduces so much there's just so much randomness that you get out of that um and i think and- that's really cool like going off of that too like now that i think about it like there's a couple of examples i can think of in my past of like playing through on legendary and doing like you know mitigating the combat puzzle is like such a huge thing of like what halo meant to me as a child i guess uh, now that i think about when i played those games uh the first one um and i think a very underrepresented you know so many when people talk about the success of halo so many people talk about like land parties and competitive play and getting on to the earliest versions of uh, xbox live on halo 2 and stuff like that and i think a really understated part of the success of halo was like the next evolution of like split screen co-op where it like there's a there's a very subtle elegance to the warthog right and how it yeah works for like you know i you know i have a younger brother and me and him playing a game together uh one could hop into the you know driver's seat one hops into the gun you can beat all those forced levels in halo combat evolved that require you to jump into a warthog and get into a vehicle and race around you can beat those by yourself but how much easier it is and how much more fun it is to have somebody in the gunner's seat or be switching sides every once in a while and doing that sort of thing it's a completely different experience and it's one that is baked into what is so impressive about that first halo game for a lot of people which i think it's the silent cartographer right is the level where it's like hey we're just right. dumping yeah the big island where it's just dumping you into this big open landscape and you're just driving around inside of this vehicle. Um, and if you're with a partner, that's a very different experience than driving from point A to B, getting out of the vehicle, shooting a guy or maybe running him over and then getting back in again and going. Um, and so much of, for me, what is like formative about Halo and like the, you know, 
the the thing about what multiplayer became in shooters was that originally and i think that kind of ended up informing a lot of my tastes later on in terms of like why i prefer co-op versus competitive you know is part of it was i didn't have an xbox um growing up and so when i played halo it was at a friend's house or at a relative's house and we played through the campaign on co-op we didn't play xbox live because you couldn't really do that so much you couldn't get into like mm-hmm. you know competitive playlists um split screening together on a team like it wasn't really robust that way yet or if it was we didn't know how to do it um for more modern stuff like obviously i mean i've put hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of hours into monster hunter at this point you know uh that is a game that is purely cooperative it is a game that is built from the ground up for either single play or you know, you're playing with two to four people um, in any given situation. And there is no incentive for anybody to fail. There's no, you know, there's no... There's no real tricky mechanics, and this is actually something that I might get into after a bit here with with Destiny. There's no tricky mechanics that, like, everybody is basically competing against the system to try and game Mm -hmm. in order to um, get the best guns, get the best loot, so that they can then take it into, you know, take a revoker or whatever into competitive and one-shot people in the head all day. Like, uh, it is just a, a game about... Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it is just a game about people, well, working together to get the best armor and the best gear, and so every match ends, in my experience, most matches end with people doing the thumbs-up emote and chat and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's not really... There, there is. I've never run into in the Monster Hunter community the thing of going onto Destiny looking for group uh, and seeing just eight hundred people say in like, "Hey, we're doing this one raid. Know what to do. Know what to do. Hey, we're doing the cheese strategy. Strategy. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. We're not. We're not carrying people. We're not helping yeah. people. We're not teaching people. We're not doing that. Just ninety nine point nine nine percent of people playing that Destiny stuff, uh, trying asking for people to come play with them, are just like, if you don't know what to do, you can go fuck yourself. Right, and I think that's partly a function of the fact that it requires more knowledge of the systems. Like Monster Hunter, there are some monsters. Like there's strategy, obviously. But, like, the, the general, like, there's no part in any monster fight, as far as I know, where you have to go and, like, pass a glowing orb back and forth and then dunk <laughs> it into a thing. Otherwise, you all instantly die. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that is kind of, like, the, the difficulty uh, with cooperative games is that it's harder to play pickup versions of them if uh, they involve, like, really difficult things because... It, uh, <laughs> I think typically, you know, we think of cooperative games as more uh, laid back and people being less hostile, but certainly there's the potential in a lot of these games for, uh, if like one person can cause a group failure, then there is the potential to for people to be very mad at that person. Right. Uh-huh. But, and, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and Destiny is is almost nothing but that in the top tier of stuff. If you go into raids and stuff like that, it's literally like everything is built around the concept of wipe mechanics. You know, it's right, like right. four people didn't stand on the right plate at the same time. Now the entire party wipes and we have to restart and do. And we've lost all this progress. Whereas in Monster Hunter, you, you, you can lose out because people die, because, you know, people, you know, fail to do something. You, the, the concept of carding in Monster Hunter. If you die in Monster Hunter, you have, like, basically lives in a very old-school Sega Genesis-style way, where it's like, yeah, the, you, but you share those lives. Where Right, um, that's the important thing, right? Is, like, someone mm-hmm. can 
uh, someone single-handedly can cause the failure of a monster hunter hunt uh, by getting killed three times. Right. But it's not an all-or-nothing proposition in that, whereas in Destiny it's fairly all-or-nothing, where it's like, yep, you've, you fucked it up and well, we have to restart from the beginning. Not always, because in raids, uh, you know, we, we did a raid the other day, um, mm. the Crown of Sorrow from uh, Season of Opulence, and the way that raids work in Destiny is there are wipe mechanics where, like, if you don't do... If you aren't keeping track of something, it will just kill you. But right. also, like, individual players can die, and a lot of the time it doesn't, like, tr- bomb the entire thing because everyone right. has one revive token they can spend whenever they want to bring someone back. And so, like, you know, in the fir- actually in the first um, encounter of that raid, like, a couple people died, and I was like, oh, should we just wipe? Should we just, like, throw it and start over? And people were like, no, no. And then we finished it. And I was right. like, oh, okay. Like, so there is this built in like i think that is really important for a lot of these games like the capacity for one person to not bring the entire thing down and i think that's why you see games like left for dead and gtfo have that mechanic where like you can revive uh, right. your friend down but not out exactly and i i think that is also just like speaks to <laughs> and it's interesting in destiny uh versus monster hunter because in destiny versus monster hunter every monster in monster hunter might as well be its own raid at least in terms of like how big of a level of commitment it is yeah um but there's like dozens of those whereas in destiny it's like you really start to see the difference between what is a good raid what is a forgiving raid versus what is a punishing and what is an overcomplicated raid last wish is a thing where oh i shot the wrong eye on riven um She's got 10 eyes, and mm-hmm. we need to, like, create a graph that we've pulled off of the imager <laughs> yeah. to very specifically do it. And if and it's not a matter of, did somebody not stand in the right plate at the right time? It's literally, did somebody forget what the graph means, this, like, handmade graph that we've made means? Or did somebody, like, just have bad aim? Because then it's a complete wipe. Whereas Season of... I actually loved that Crown of Sorrow raid that we did, uh, you and I, Merit, because it was so much more, like, of a group effort and not a just, like... Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully the people that you have assigned to the role of shooting the eyes in this very specific order don't fuck it up. <laughs> and then somebody gets very mad because somebody fucked it up and nobody wants to say, like, I fucked it up. And they're like, well, you need to own up to your mistakes. Otherwise, like, I don't want to be a part of this group, which is exactly what see, happened to me see, this, this weekend. This is your problem. Don't play with LFG people. Play now. Yeah. You're now you're in a clan, and um, that's I think the ideal experience for a game like that is to be playing it with people you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I really like because I often don't like competitive games because I get upset about yeah. losing. <laughs> Fucking same. Uh, I get mad with, and I don't like that part of me. And I've realized over the mm. years that like, if I start playing a game like Overwatch uh, and I get mad, all I'm doing is introducing stress into my life. And I'm not saying I don't understand why people play those games, but for me personally, it's like, well, before I even play this, I was baseline. And then if I play, my emotions are like on a roller coaster and maybe right. I get over invested in it, but that's just how I experience those things. And uh, so I've realized, like, mm, maybe not. And, like, <clears throat> sorry, uh, uh-uh. even something like uh, PvP and Destiny or any team-based shooter like that where I'm playing with other people I know is different enough because then I'm just hanging out with my friends. Right. Uh, and winning or losing isn't as important. But if I'm just on my own, then it's like, fuck, you think you're better than me? I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm gonna come <laughs> to your house. <laughs> 
you know, and that that definitely changes depending on like what you're specifically going for. I play. I yeah. got very frustrated at Destiny last night, as you can probably tell if you've looked at the CMS and looked at a bunch of article headlines that I typed into there, trying to decide oh what kind of horrible thing I wanted to say. <laughs> I've calmed down after a night's sleep. I mean, that's literally why I stopped playing Dota, too, by the way, is the exact thing that you described is, like, I didn't like that side of myself, and no game brought out that side of myself like Dota did. Um, what are you? Oh, my God. You're so upset. I was very mad last wow. night. Wow. Okay. Like, were you trying to do pickup raids? Uh, I tried to do... So what What does pickup raid mean? I've seen this term... Like, uh, you're trying to do, around. like, like raids on LFG? Yeah, yeah, in a couple of situations. I did one, I did Leviathan, and that went great. Okay. I did Last Wish, and we got to the last boss before that whole nightmare that I described to you guys in yeah. Slack happened. Someone just right. got locked out of their house, yeah. Yeah. That Someone was, a, that was kind of like a John moving the car in Apex situation all over <laughs> Yes, it was a lot like that. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, right. And then, oh, so then I did Crown of Sorrow, and that was great. Uh, with you guys, it was there was a little bit of weirdness in that group I, at the very beginning. I'll say, which yeah, you kind of someone was uh, maybe a little. I don't know. I'm not really sure what that was about. But I think everyone was basically chill. By yeah, the end. yeah, it was it was, was fairly it was good, and that was also that Crown of Sorrow is like half as long as Last Wish, which yes. makes a huge difference. Um, well, I think what you're getting at is the issue of any cooperative game. Um, because those games, you know, competitive games online, you're often not communicating with mm. uh, with other people. Maybe right. you're communicating with your team, but it's like not as mandatory except in like high level stuff if you're playing team based games. But in cooperative games, you are in like constant communication, and it kind of brings it back to the board game issue of like these kinds of games are only as good as the people you're playing them with. Right. Right. Uh, you're not going to have fun if someone is like yelling at you that you're doing the wrong thing constantly and no game can be fun enough to like make that a good experience. Right. Right. And I think that, uh, and actually that, that ties back into, I was, that's a really great point. The thing I was actually going to get at ties into that, which is that destiny is a game that, um, in particular that is about like the constant loop of reward and what you get out of like the fit like the actual literal not tangible because it's digital but like a visual thing you can see on screen that says i did this it's a good gun it's a good piece of armor it's a ghost yeah. it's an emblem or whatever and if you're not succeeding at the thing that you're doing you're not getting the thing so you're not getting the reward which further like increases the frustration of not being able to succeed and that's just all video games now that's just like every game yeah pretty much wants yeah I wrote about how I actually really like the Destiny Battle Pass because it specifically sidesteps this issue in a way that I think is really neat. I, I, people have their problems with the Destiny Battle Pass right now. It's whatever. I, I don't disagree with them on everything, but the one thing I really like about it is that you can literally just make progress on the Destiny Battle Pass by doing anything you want. It's not tied to specific... Yeah. Um, you know, uh, triumphs or, or uh, achievements, which a lot of stuff in Destiny is. Right, um, right. Recluse is, yeah. <laughs> for me, ugh, yeah, uh, ugh, my white whale. We can't, we can't, we can't. Um, <laughs> Nikki, uh, are there any other games besides Halo that, like, you've been really into that are either, like, couch co-op or, like, board games or, or online? Uh, online co-op, so... I love the Forza Horizon games uh, mm -hmm. with a fiery passion. They are the Forza Horizon One is like actually probably top five games all time for me because oh, wow. of the 
ease at which that series kind of... The thing that I always wanted from a racing game um, that Forza Horizon kind of uniquely was able to get was a big a big space to drive around in mm-hmm. with uh, races if I wanted them, but also it all it would also support me kind of just fucking around in a car. Mm. Um, yeah. And a lot of games were able to get almost all of it, but something would be off. Like the right. map wouldn't be big enough or the map wasn't designed in an interesting way or the cars didn't feel good to drive, which is like very crucial when you're doing a racing game. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, so Forza Horizon was the, at least the first one was the first one of those because I had gotten really into fucking, I'm getting, I'm, was it Need for Speed Most Wanted where that was a game that they released? There were two separate video games, but they had the same name. Yes, that was Most Wanted was a Xbox 360 launch title, I want to say. And then they made another game just called Need for Speed Most Wanted years and years later, which was like, I believe, one of the last Criterion, Criterion ones, right? Yeah. Okay. So I played a lot of that and like kept going back to Forza Horizon because... There was just something about the way that that about Need for Speed Most Wanted's map was constructed that just actually wanted I wanted to you to do that map in uh in a driving engine that felt more like forces because mm. the 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 mechanics didn't feel quite right. But for the magic of Forza to me is that especially in Forza Horizon 4 is the is the epitome of this because so much of the social aspect of that game is kind of tied into the D-pad where you can kind of just like while you're driving kind of thumb your way into like an online lobby where you will be surrounded kind of by AI until you've thumbed your way through and you will literally turn a corner and the stuff is so seamless in Forza Horizon 4 that you'll turn a corner and then all of a sudden there will be 16 other like actual human racers kind of driving around this weird amalgamized version of uh of England <laughs> that's super cool to me um and I, I they should make only Forza Horizon games forever thank you for coming mm-hmm. to my TED talk <laughs> Do you- yeah i there's really not a lot of other good uh, uh, competition in the racing game space right now. So much to the point that, like, we mentioned Criterion, the company that uh, replaced Criterion oh God, yeah. has since been, it seems, dissolved and replaced by Criterion again. Yeah, congrats to Criterion for getting to make their own video game again, uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what, that's that's such a wild story. I, I forget... such a wild story. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I don't know if we need to get too deep into it beyond what we just said, but yeah. Oof. I, I was actually going to say, though, um, uh, you might have mentioned this and I just might have missed it there, but uh, did you say if you had ever played the Burnout games, the little games before yeah. uh, Criterion's other stuff? So my here's my other take that I didn't realize was a take before I got into this industry. I think Burnout Paradise is the best Burnout game. Mm-hmm, same. And same. I I think Burnout 3 is fine. 
Like, I think the other Burnout games are fine, but I legitimately think that Burnout Paradise is actually the peak of what that game was trying to be. And it's a shame that we never got another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the, the, the social, DLC. the social multiplayer stuff in that was also really cool. Because there were there, you had your races that you could just kind of do. It, the map was huge, and once they added Big Surf Island, that was just another space to kind of fuck around in. The actual driving in that game felt amazing, and then they had hundreds and hundreds of stupid challenges that were like sing. There were one player challenges, there were two player challenges, three player challenges, four player challenges five player challenges and like, I think there were up to like six player challenges that you could only do with a combination of that number of people that were right. like jump over this bridge or get from this point to this point in under 30 seconds and like you would be like this seems like too far I don't know if I could actually make this <laughs> and like the the failure points like you were, y'all were talking about in Destiny were sometimes it was one person would like make one wrong turn and they'd fuck up and you'd be like i can't believe you christian you've made this terrible mistake for the third time i can't believe we have to do this again um, thankfully we can use the playstation cool. i to show a picture of my naked ass into the screen <laughs> anytime you do Finally. That. <laughs> um yeah they should i they should make let ea should let uh anybody make another burnout paradise game Mm-hmm. I think that I think the remaster didn't sell well enough because no. I don't I don't yeah. know anything about how things work. But to me, if I was EA and I was kind of trying to like determine whether or not there was a temperature or anybody wanted to do another burnout, I would remaster the old one to see if enough people bought it. I don't think enough people bought it. Yeah, I remember sucks. that being even the rumor at the time that that happened about people being excited by the prospect of it and then it just yeah it didn't turn out yeah. that way which i mean i don't know i i don't know why the nostalgia uh, is the nostalgia just not there for burnout the way that we think it is or I that guess, it is for us like i i feel like burnout paradise and skate three are <laughs> as much as i love both of those games i feel like they're actually kind of similar and in the same bucket that there are evangelists for both of those titles and i think there's actually a lot of overlap for people who like both of those games um, but I think the, the influence that those people have, uh, the influence that those people think that they have over whether or not more people like those games is, is kind of outsized. I think people, I think more people think that those games were well received and well liked than actually was the case. Right. Mm. Well, and EA has tried to do that exact thing before of like bringing back games that were like had very fo- very vocal uh, fan bases and stuff, like Mirror's Edge is, like, the example that I can think of, and Mirror's Edge Catalyst? Is that what that second one was yeah, called? Yeah, that was the second uh, one. And nobody gave a shit. Nobody. <laughs> God, such a shame. They should have given that budget to a different team. I yeah, don't I know. Don't, I didn't, Which I didn't is like weird. Isn't it weird that DICE made that game? That's a DICE game. All it's right. a DICE title. Yeah, that is a DICE game, which I guess kind of comes through in the, like... I don't know the like clean aesthetic of everything, but yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, that is a this is strange before thing. before they weren't allowed to make any video games again. They were only right. allowed are allowed to make the two now. Right before EA was only allowed only allowed anyone to make things that are the seventh <laughs> game in any given franchise mm-hmm. or higher. Which that's why we'll never see another Dead Space, never another Mirror's Edge, never another. Uh, man, if only they could bring back Dante's Inferno though. That's the real one. That's the money maker. Right. That's finally, but yeah, people well, definitely need another game about hell. Not enough of those. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of... You know, we're obviously off topic here a little bit, but I think um, we can probably circle back on like um, cooperative stuff here too a little bit with just like, what are some old school cooperative experiences besides um, Need for Speed Most Wanted and Burnout that like, we would like to see brought back or that you're surprised are still going strong this far into the present, I guess, into the future? Portal 2. <laughs> Portal 2. Portal what, 2. What an incredibly good cooperative game. What just like, what an incredible experience because it's not about. It's like, I feel like the co op games now have become synonymous with loot shooters, and I don't mm. love that because, like, I mean, I do. Like, fuck, yeah, Destiny gives me the good brain chemicals, and I love it for that. But mm. sometimes you just want to play a game that isn't forever. Right. Uh, and like Portal 2 had this like tremendous, it was basically a second game that was included yeah. on that disc of just like, uh-huh. you are these two robots, the tall one and the short one. I don't remember if they have names. Uh, they um, do, but one I of forget. them was Mike Wazowski and the other one was Sully. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, oh yeah. Do you like the game where you have two portals? Um, what if you had four portals? Mm, do you like <laughs> Portal. Portal. God, I can't wait till you get to Portal 4 and they just call it Portal. Because <laughs> um, uh, I don't think there's anything you can do with 3, but um, they could do Portal like to the 3rd. I think that's that would be fun. Um, okay. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, things like that where you're like cooperatively solving these puzzles that require you each to manipulate different parts of the world I think are really neat and I'm sure there are a lot of other games like that that I just can't think of right now but things like that were really good um and yeah. I I see I know why co-op games uh are so tied to to loot shooters now because those games make money but and they're infinitely repeatable with like you know you don't yeah. have to you you could make a portal thing that was just infinitely added on to but it would require you instead of like hey we put another quest go do the strike that you've already done 600 times but now it's got a modifier on it it's it'd be like hey here's a level pack and either buy the level pack or don't and i bet the like drop off on like what you get for things like level packs or expansions like that is pretty damn high unless you're yeah. at the very, God, very high end. could you imagine how much money valve would make though if tomorrow they were like hey we made another level pack for portal t's co-op mode I honestly don't know. Did the port, did the co-op mode like do very well? Do we know if that's actually true or not? I don't know. A lot of people bought Portal Two, so but, <laughs> but did they just want the big funny robots? I mean, I do yes. like those robots. That seems no. like enough, though. Mm. I don't the know. They Portal Two co-op player. had story, right? Like it had a, a yeah. plot. Yeah, kind of. Okay. I okay. think. It was like at the end of every level, there was like some hint about something Gladys was doing in the world, right? I feel like that was sure. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up Peabody. I'm on the Peabody. Peabody. That was was Atlas. Their actual names were Atlas and Peabody. Yeah, just like uh, is that a reference? Atlas shrugged. Peabody shrugged. Peabody shrugged. Yeah, Peabody shrugged. Um, the cooperative story, I'm more on the Wikipedia page now, the cooperative story takes place after the single-player campaign and has some ties into it. Players are not required to play them in order. 
Oh, they weren't going to work. At the huh? end okay. of the story, the rope, this theory. At the end of the story, the robots gain entry to the vault where humans are stored in stasis. Oh. Uh, so that's where the test subjects are. Yeah, other than Chell. Yeah. So that's how they do, like, a, well, Portal 2, obviously. Spoilers for Portal 2, everybody, from 2012's <laughs> Portal 2, uh, when Chell gets out of the. Um, out of Aperture Science, I suppose that was how they would have, like, set up the possibility of, like, a set a third Portal game. It's like, oh, you can be one of these people. And can what I, if there were four of you? Can I show you some uh, robot designs for Portal 2 that didn't make it into the game? I yeah. wish you would, Merit. Because they're kind of weird. I, I'm not <sighs> sure how to think about these. And I just got these. If, you, if you're listening along... Uh, just go to the the Peabody and Atlas uh, page on the Portal Wiki. Just scroll down. And, yeah, search uh, for Anne Rand, and you'll find you, Peabody. You'll see Shrugged. some. You'll see some concept art, and it looks like this. Oh wow! Oh wow! Weird. They look Weird. like people. Kind of. One of them. They do look like people. Well, one, one of them, them is, is one this, of the turrets. One of them is this real thick. Um, yeah. It, that, it's like yeah. it's like a bug. It, okay, so I'm gonna describe. It looks like a a bug, a bipedal bug with just mm-hmm. like real big hips and thighs. Yeah, just it mega, looks like mega hips. it looks like the fucking the enemy in Aquaman. Oh, Black Manta. The film Aquaman. Yes, Black Black Manta. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it does have Black Manta head, and then just like like uh, what's the what's the girl robot from Wally? Eve, Eve. It's got like, what if Eve? What if the entire robot was like somebody's waist? Mm. And then, then we've got like just a man made of like black robot parts, and then what looks like just a person inside of a armored suit. Yeah, inside of a suit of robot armor with weird yeah. glasses. Yeah, and then the fourth one is just a uh, uh, portal turret, like one of the, the turrets that you encounter in those games. Well, but it's got well, that's what that's what uh, that's what Peabody what, is. That's what Peabody is. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, I, is it, at, he, I honestly Peabody was a turret that got legs, and oh. Atlas is a personality core that got legs. I never put two and two together on that. I never played a yeah. ton of the co-op, so yeah. Um, Potatoes are a motif played... of Portal Two. Sorry. <laughs> Have y'all ever played uh, any cooperative board games? I have not. I have not played almost any board games. This is a this is a large hole That's in fair. my in my gaming. Um, I mean, honestly, they're the they're expensive, and it's weird because the overlap is like I feel like not as big as you would think um, in terms of like communities. And this yeah. is one reason why I think video game as one word is good because it's like very. A different thing from like a board game but uh there are some good cooperative ones there's uh this yeah. one called betrayal at house on the hill oh yeah which uh i'm actually reading okay this is kind of funny actually i found this article by on ign by sam desitoff uh who is <laughs> a fan by wow. contributor uh about t- uh, good cooperative board games and betrayal is on this list and um it's basically a game where you go into a haunted house with your friends and you're just wandering around picking things up and uh, just like trying to figure out what's going on. And then at some point something happens and one of you, one or more of you uh, has become a traitor. And the way that's determined is like, it's just like basically like, oh, if you picked this thing up, 
when the die roll came up that initiated phase two, you open this book and go to like this thing. And it's like, say you like picked up like this ring and then that was the turn that the betrayal was triggered. You would like go to that page in the book and uh, there's like a trader's book and then like a survivor's book. And like, so they you each know different things. And it's like, oh, you picked up a ring that turned you into a vampire. You're a vampire now. So uh, you want to drink your friend's blood and kill them. So here's oh. how you're going to do that. Um, and then like... Uh, the uh, survivors are like, oh, your friend put on a ring and turned into a monster. Uh, the ring is probably the source of their power. So if you can get it from them, like, then you'll win. And so, like, you have, like, at that point, different objectives. And some of the things are really wild. Like, one of them is just, like, someone is literally dropping the house into hell one room at a time. Wow. Uh, okay. Because the way that that game works is, like, you're building the map as you go. Like, you, if you exit a tile, you draw a tile and then place it down. Yeah. Um. There's one where you just turn into a big snake, like the mayor from Buffy. Oh my god! Um, so in yeah, terms of like, it's not the, it's not really the kind of game that you can really like play strategically. It's more of like because some of the the situations are so unbalanced sometimes, just by virtue of like it's very hard to to plan for everything. But it's like a fun one of those experiences that's just kind of like a fun like oh you're playing together and then there's like this shift, um, and I guess that kind of thing. There's like been a lot of trader game mods for games like Counter Strike, right? Oh yeah. Where uh, there's like a trader, and you all have to figure out who it is. And like other games have just specifically built themselves into it now. Like the Division originally uh, basically built itself on the back of that. The whole idea of the dark zone, and anybody at any point can just like you can just right. shoot at somebody and take their stuff, take their loot. Um, and that, I think they kind of distanced themselves from that a little bit, uh, at some point, because again, those games are so based on, like, what you get out of it, that the idea of, like, you can just spend all this time and not get anything out of it is kind of, like, not super fun, so they, the Division in particular started leaning more into, like, raids and, um, more cooperative stuff, more purely cooperative stuff. I think that stuff is still in there, but yeah. Um... Yeah, and uh, obviously, like, you know, board games is, in general, things like the Resistance and uh, Avalon and Werewolf and Mafia, all these different things, like, have built themselves around that whole concept. God, Pandemic Legacy is so good. I've never played it. Do you know what it's about? I know what the Legacy moniker means on board games, yeah. and I know, I know of Pandemic, but I've never actually played regular Pandemic. Yeah, so Pandemic, the regular game, is basically the game that, like, created the co-op boom like 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, oh, there is a disease spreading around the world and you each have different roles and you are trying to stop it from happening. Um, Pandemic Legacy was like, okay, what if you did that? But it was also like a role-playing game campaign kind of. And uh, like, inter yeah, this legacy mechanic or like subgenre of board games that exists now. Started with now. Risk Legacy. Started with Risk Legacy. Pandemic, I believe, was the second. And um, it's like, designed to be played over a bunch of sessions with the same people and things, the rules permanently change as you move on. There's things where it's like, Oh, um, you, you did this. Okay. Tear up this card and mm -hmm. then open this like secret box and like take that out and put these stickers down on the board. And it like changes the way the game is played. Um, there's actually two of them now there's uh, season two and oh. uh, I played through that one. I didn't play the first one, but, uh, they're very good. Like they're, they're co-op games. Like, and, and it's not like, oh, if you lose a game, like, the campaign's over. Uh, there's, like, you know, like, failure conditions and, like, 
win conditions for every specific game, but there's like a final goal that you're working right. towards every time. Uh, Netrunner, one of my favorite board slash card games of all time, did something like this where they had a story campaign um, mm. where uh, one side was playing as like a corp that was like trying to cover up a, a, like an android had murdered somebody, but like androids aren't supposed to be able to murder people. So they're like trying to cover up the possibility that an android could do this. And then the other one is like playing as a hacker group that is trying to get the truth out. And then you would oh, like... Jesus. Sorry, go on. Mm. I just remembered something. <laughs> oh, uh, and then you would get to various, um, you know, state, like you would play games of Netrunner, and then at the end of each game of Netrunner, depending on who won or who lost at a, in, a, in a given round, it would say like, well, you lost in this round, and what this round represented was this person trying to do this event, you know, they were trying to like get this cop on their side or something like that, and the corp like kept the hacker from getting the cop to work with them on this thing so suddenly you just can't like all right go to like it's almost choose your own adventure like but the 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 choice is made for you by the flow of the game um and it would be like okay you don't have that cop person in your back pocket next time so you just don't have these cards in your deck but you get these different cards instead because you know because you weren't able to talk to them you get this yeah you'll have different options and risk legacy i think the the really easy like thing that was when it was first announced to or shown to me the the thing that like made it very uh click uh, click immediately for risk was oh there's like a nuke card you can just play a card and you can nuke australia put a big sticker on australia and that shows like a radioactive symbol because from now on anytime you play this version of risk legacy ever again nobody can take over australia because you nuked it right yeah so <laughs> you reminded me there of another co-op game called Android, which uh, oh. is yeah is the universe that Netrunner, the Fantasy Flight redo, uh, is based in. They basically tried to create this like franchise because they couldn't use the original, or or I don't know if they couldn't use, but they wanted to like make it in their own thing. Right. Um, and this game Android is like completely buck wild. I think I played it maybe once. It's enormous. Like if you look it up. Um, it's like this huge board. You're basically, yeah, you're trying to solve this murder. Um, you're all playing as these different detectives who also have personal demons and like you get victory points if you like battle your personal demons as well. Uh, you're like building a, a literal puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle on the board that like connects people to like the crime in different ways. Uh, you can go to the moon. It's just like Ugh. completely, it's like wow. the, the height. The it's like the height of like, board game hubris of like the late 2000s of just like let's just make uh, like a 70 dollar board game that just has like a million parts and uh just like this enormous board and people will love it and uh also, definitely I, play it more oh, than once i love that uh, yeah well that never happens but i i just love that universe i love android i love netrunner in particular obviously but uh, like android in particular just yeah that universe the beanstalk like a space elevator that like ve- like a one corporation controls and like the, the ability to go back and forth between the moon and like people are trying to like oh the here's this like or like faction and their big evil plot is that they want to like start farms on mars but the farms are going to be like super shitty corporate like exploiting the laborers or whatever and you're trying to sabotage their plans before they can do them mm, i love that right. stuff yeah i just God, posted a picture a of the board JPEG. the board is really beautiful and it's enormous like this doesn't mm-hmm. convey the scale at all but yeah i know it's um it was a, a visually beautiful game just like a very very complex one 
Have you looked at... I don't know if you care about Netrunner at all, but, like, people have been continuing to make new Netrunner cards, even after... I've heard about that, yeah. Yeah. If you look look it up, the art for those cards, for these, like, unofficial, like, semi-official now, I guess, because there's no other version of Netrunner out there... Um, they look beautiful. Like they, it's this exact same style of art that you could see in in this game in Android and also in Android Netrunner, and it just looks like I don't. I I want to reach out and interview those people at some point. Hopefully, not putting them on spot and getting like Wizards of the Coast to come fucking beat down their door. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to just interview them and say like, did you just get the original artists for Android to work on this somehow? <laughs> like, what the yeah. fuck? I don't know. Maybe. Or, or uh, there's just they're just really good at uh it could just be you know there's lots of good artists out there but there are a yeah. lot of good artists out there I'm just gonna come right out and say it mm. controversial opinions people can draw not, not me, me. <laughs> yeah but oh people but, can you know so merit if I ask you to picture an apple in your mind right now uh a what, what? an apple did you miss this? Did you not see this? Like the company? No, like an apple. Like a picture of a, like a drawing out of an apple. Like uh, a computer that... No, like a, like a red round fruit. But but so is it So like red? a berry. Um, a bigger and harder. So like a pomegranate? Uh, like lighter red and kind of, it's got like a butt on it. Like, what if a fruit had a butt? A pomegranate kind of has a butt. It I does. Mean, it's sort have of a butt. averted, I guess. That's not yeah. great. Oh, if oh your butt boy. looks like a pomegranate, then <laughs> please see a doctor. Does uh, his butt look like a pomegranate? No. I can't uh, visualize anything. Yeah, um, you have you have no a mind's because, eye whatsoever because of the incident. Yeah. Oh, because of the incident. How about you, Nikki? Can you picture things in your mind? Uh, no, I'm a five on whatever that tweet was. Are you really, or is that a, is that a guy? Yeah, no, that's Pic- real. That's an actual picture. Thing. An apple. Picture an apple. No, I want you to rotate it in your mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you do that? I'm rotating cubes. Uh huh. Oh, now, you're Leon rotating cubes. You've already moved out of cubes. cubes. Yeah. Huh? Who told you what? Le- Leon said. Leon on Twitter said that I can't rotate cubes because it's illegal or something. The, um, the, the said said what about cubes? I, I need to see you keep this cutting out. <laughs> Nothing. It's fine. It's fine. It's, I'm, I'm searching Leon Cube. Yeah. Well, don't you want you to know your cube score merit? I'm, I'm seeing tweets about Vintage Cube being back um, because Leon plays Magic the Gathering. Oh. Um, <laughs> Speaking of card games. Also, I found this good tweet that says, one of my favorite things to do on this website is to post images of cubes and spheres. I can make thousands of people look at a cube or sphere. Beautiful. Uh, wow. Leon's good. Leon's been tweeting about cubes for a while now. So yeah. the thing is, you want to look for a cube score one word. Cube score. Cube score. You want to know? You want to find out your cube score? Yeah, I'm trying to find. Ah, uh, it's not showing up. No, is this is the tweet I was talking about. I found. Okay, it. okay. show me link. Hold on. Copy link, link bio. to tweet. Mm-hmm. Paste to tweet. Here we go. Wait, this is not. This can't be... Oh, this is not what I was thinking of at all. <laughs> what is... <laughs> oh my god, what... Okay. <laughs> we. This is nothing. We're just laughing into a microphone right now. Oh, let's put, this, put the link to the tweet in the post. Put it in the bio. 
<laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll embed this, but it's a it's a video by uh, Leon L E Y A W Um, is very good Twitter user. Oh boy, Bernie is yeah, anti visualizing was... shapes. Yeah, he hates visualizing cubes. He doesn't um, love it. Boy. Oh no! Anybody rotating a cube or a sphere in <laughs> their mind in my name is not part of our movement. Yeah, I can't. Well, I can't do it. Um, but yeah, yeah the, no, I, I can't. But I am good at finding berries. I guess is that okay? Um, that's, that's a skill. Good. That's you know what we can use that in our movement. Also, the, oh, this whole video game thing has got to break sometime. So you're going to want to have good hunter-gatherer abilities uh, for when you need to find new work. Yeah, exactly. After video games are dead. So I can gather berries. Yes. Uh, uh, I was thinking, by the way, I was thinking of this tweet, uh, Screaming Whirling Head, at Slime underscore Gollum on Twitter, that says, How many cubes can you spin in your mind at once? That's your cube score. <laughs> <laughs> I can spin exactly 128 Mario's in my head at oh, the same shit. time. 128 yeah. Mario's? Yeah. Yeah. Like How falling off a cube? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Mario 128. That actually, my brain is a GameCube. But your brain is just constantly that. Yeah. That makes sense. Fuck. Wait, that uh, probably came out the year you were born, right? Mario 128 was, let's see... Uh, let's see, Mario 128, I was five at Space World 2000. Hmm. Remember Damn. the Nintendo 64 DD? No. Yeah, Doshin the Giant and Mario Paint and, what? uh, Earthbound. The, it, the, the 64 DD was a disc, a CD-ROM disc-based expansion for the Nintendo 64. They made a Sega CD. Expansion slot. Yeah, they I... made a Sega CD. Huh. It never it came out It was a commercial here. failure. Yeah, it never oh. came out in America and was a commercial failure. It was what Animal Crossing was originally released on in oh. Japan. And then but it isn't... The... It isn't actually a CD drive, I just realized. It's what just is it? like... Is it not? It... No, it's like a magnetic disc drive. Oh, like what a, the fuck? Like a hard it's drive? a big laser it's like, disc? No, it's like a fucking zip drive. Oh. oh what the fuck? Weird. Yeah. I guess that sucks. Mm. Uh, you know, they said I've... that they wanted, they wanted to do a CD drive, but it would be too expensive. And oh. uh, so they were selling this thing for $90. Or they were going they to sell couldn't... it for $90. They did not sell it here. I was going to say $90 in like 1996 money or whatever that would have been would have been actually quite right. expensive. Also, That's yeah, true. like 99, ugh, I don't know. This is this is part of the reason that uh Sony made the PlayStation also. Oh yeah, because they were working, I mean, they were working with Sony on the tech to put a CD-ROM thing into right. a game system. Yeah. Well, Nintendo they were making they made the Nintendo PlayStation and it sold yeah. for like it just went up for auction, I think. Uh, yeah. What didn't... What's his name? Frank Cifaldi picked that up? Did he? Wasn't it like 50 grand or something? I don't remember. Uh, I could have sworn... Maybe he just had access to it for some amount of time, because he was definitely tweeting... Uh, other. Maybe he was just tweeting about it in general, but he was tw tweeting about like how everybody was... Uh, like How a, a not insignificant number of people were reaching out to him and basically mm. saying, like, we deserve to be able to touch this thing. Like, it was the fucking, like, I don't know, like a, like a brass Buddha... Yeah, 
God, all your finger oil is going to wear away the, the finish, though. Yeah, it's going to, yeah. It's like, gonna please don't gross. touch it. Yeah. Um, You're going to have to blow in it then. And I wanna, nobody wants that. So, you know how you could go online on the Super Nintendo? Yes. No. Uh, well, not the Super Nintendo, the Super Famicom. Do you not okay. know about this? Yes. No. There was like a yeah, radio. Was a it modem. wasn't online. It was like a radio-based thing. Oh, like the... Uh, yes. No, I know what you're talking about now. Satellaview. Satellaview. Yeah. That I know. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. The Nintendo 64 could go on the internet. Yeah, it could. It had a cartridge that was a modem that you put into the disk drive. Uh, and uh, you could check your email and mm-hmm. uh, go on the internet. And play Radical Dreamers. And play Radical Dreamers. And that was definitely the Satellaview, I think. Um, it was, yeah. And uh, you could... Uh, go to a digital magazine. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. The ability to check online sports scores, weather, and news was planned, but oh, only yeah, yeah. features related to horse racing were released. Right. Horse racing Listen. is like big in Japan. Like yes, horse yeah. racing yeah. is much more popular there. It, listen, it's wild that it took them until the Nintendo Wii to finally get their sports score weather and news <laughs> channels. <laughs> they had God, remember the that? Yet. Remember how God, cool that those was? Tracks were, though, that, the music in those channels were so good. Uh-huh. It was. It's, it is a shame that, well, that Nintendo's never going to make music again. I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, fine. If, you know what Nintendo should do? They should make music again. Um, no, but it's a shame that like the Switch will never get sweet tracks again. I know. Why doesn't? Yeah. Why bring back the? You know, I would pay the like ten dollars the for like a theme song. pack. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're literally Nintendo just describing the announcer packs from Dota Two now. No, but yeah, I want. I listen, want just like that's a good Mario idea. background and like like I want like that 3D picture of Mario from like the N64 days where he's like looking <laughs> up. I want that as my background yes. on my Switch, and then I want the Wii Shop music when I go in the shop and like just like I don't know the the Find Me uh, music, the the sports. It's fucked up because they had that on the 3DS. Yeah, yeah, they did. Like you could buy things yeah. on the 3DS. And more people, well, that's not true, but a lot of people have Switches, and more people are willing to spend money on their Nintendo Switch, I think, yeah. than more willing to spend money on 3DS skins. Uh, can I tell you a title of one of the games for the 64DD? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. The way you're phrasing Is that. Metal Gear Solid? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, so one of the one of the games was called uh, Doshin the Giant, which yeah. is about this big giant man, and uh, uh, he, he he we all love him. He lives on an yes. island called Baruto, and um, he's our friend. He, he's our friend, and he helps people, and then he sometimes he gets mad, I think, and he turns red. Um, but there is a uh, an expansion to this game. Oh. Um, uh, Wait, there was an expansion to the game that you needed an expansion to play? Yes. Okay, uh, just getting and, that straight. Um, here is the title of this expansion. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to drop it in chat? or? No, I'm just going to say it, but I do okay. want to give it the time that it deserves. So, like, I want to just right. really let it land. So, uh, Doshin the Giant, colon... 
Tinkling Toddler Liberation Front Assemble. <laughs> oh, Assemble. Okay. Tinkling Toddler Liberation Front Assemble. Yeah, they need to get organized. That's very good. I love that. <laughs> Tinkling yeah. Toddler. This is a phrase Vicky, you can't from say a, that you like that. This is a no, phrase from a, I listen. think you should leave bit. And this is what happens in this game. A child is told to go to sleep and is pulled out of bed and through the window into a world of dreams. In this dream world, Doshin is now imprisoned and the child can tinkle 2D hearts on people and even the giant himself. Even the giant himself? The player can also gather help to free Doshin. After creating monuments in Doshin 1 and their counterpart pavilions, children will appear in the expo area and the player can tinkle on them with their hearts and they will join the player's team. And uh, the cover is um, absolutely a child urinating hearts in like a big arc. Mm. Boy, oh boy. Pierre Schneider of IGN rated the game at 2.5 out of 10. Why were they reviewing high? He ended his review of the game with one word painful. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to just kind of wash that out of my ears with the banger that was the Everybody Votes channel theme song. Mm hmm. Remember when this was... Pretty good. I feel like we've gotten a little bit off track, and that's mainly my bad. <laughs> Did we? Have we? Do you think? Okay, the Everybody Votes channel sounds like... Like... The... This the stage select music for a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Mm. Yeah, it is a very Sonic track. It is like... You know where it lives? It lives in the... In the in the middle of the Venn diagram between Sonic the Hedgehog and Pokemon on the GameCube. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. if you told me that this game what came out of Sonic... Like, a cancelled Sonic Adventure 3. You're right. Or yep. if this came out of a cancelled, like... Uh, like, a cancelled expansion to uh, Pokemon Coliseum. Right. I would believe you. I, I I was I was actually going to take it a, uh, like I was going to find the actual uh, center of that Venn diagram, which you know between uh, a game where Pokemon fight one another in an arena and Sonic the Hedgehog games, was going to say that this is definitely what Sonic the Fighters character select screen sounds like. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, it really does. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Listen. Hey, pick this car. You know what's good? Music. Mm. Good. Mm. <laughs> the, the folks over at Nintendo are good at writing and uh, producing music. Yet they refuse to make one for the Nintendo Switch eShop. Yeah. Put the, music the on the Switch. If Nintendo said that you had to pay an extra $30 to get an expansion that allowed you to... That unlocked more RAM. You downloaded more RAM onto your Switch from the eShop... That allowed mm-hmm. uh, it to play music. Would you do it? No. Mm, I mean, no. yeah, I would pay up to $20 for such a feature. Oh, $20. I, I, I guess that like is the question, Apple, is how much? It's like when Apple would charge you for software updates. Y'all remember this? No? Yeah, you used to have to spend money. Well, it was only on the iPod Touch. Okay, it did not it have twice. one. Okay. Um, but you had to spend money if you wanted the new versions of iOS. It's kind of like it's a like Boeing $20. situation. 
Yeah, it's like a Boeing situation. If you didn't um, update your iPod Touch, it did explode in your pocket. Right. Mm. It was tough. Killing hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, Well. Do you think we've uh, basically squeezed all the blood we can from that stone? Yeah, probably. Okay, I'm, I feel happy about about where we were able to take all of that, honestly. Um, so yeah. that's that's co-op games. That's how we feel about them. That's how we um, feel about them. Yep. Uh, um, Sonic the Fighter is not a co-op game. Competitive only. Weird. Yeah. That was the game where Sonic just, like, punched people. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a 3D... It, it was, was like just... A it was Virtua game. Fighter, right? Yeah. But with yeah, Sonic. Yeah. There were so many fighters. weird 3D fighting games that came out around that time. Like, yeah. um fighting vipers and actually no i think sonic the fighters was a fighting vipers I'm trying to because remember uh bu- 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 what is the name of fighters megamix uh was it fighters megamix where you could uh, fight as a car that's the one where you fight as a car i thought that was fighting vipers no fighting megamix yeah, yeah. because fighting megamix is the smash brothers of a late 90s sega i believe yes. right yes that's sega. exactly what it is uh or alternatively depending on what era this was sega yeah. yeah, no, you can be uh, a Virtua Cop, and you can be the Hornet Car, and you can be all of the Virtua Fighters, and the Fighting Vipers, and mm. you can be Sonic characters. Yep. Uh, and uh, you can be Rent-A-Cop. Oh. Sorry, Rent-A-Hero? Rent-A-Hero. Oh, Rent-A-Hero, which I was going to say, that does not sound significantly different from Virtua Cop. Uh, sorry, you can be the AM2 Palm Tree. I okay that it's, that one it's, feels it's like the it, logo. I, that one's the logo me. of AMT. Oh, okay. Uh, you can be Mr. Meat. Okay. So you know, um, kind of like a vert. You know, it, this is the this is Sega's Smash. If instead of Fire Emblems, there were Virtua Fighters. Right. Right. I now I have a question. Okay. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because my uh, thing is not related. Okay. Because Merritt, I was going to ask you, as our resident Sonic the Hedgehog es- expert, as someone who has watched people play the games and also watched the um, motion picture in theaters now, starring Jim Carrey and Cyclops, uh, what characters <laughs> would you say are in? Uh, the 2005 release of Sonic the Fighters. Who would you think that there are eight playable characters in the mm-hmm. original release? Who would you think that they would include in that one? Uh, you got Sonic. You got yes. Knuckles. You got Amy yep. Rose. You yes. got Bark. You got Bean. Mm-mm. Huh? Oh, yep. No, yep. You got Bark. You got Bean. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. Bark and Bean. Um, fuck. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Fang? Fang the Sniper. Yep. Fang the Sniper. The Sniper, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, he's like I also, I think a, he's also a wolf. I think he's also sometimes called Fang the Wolf. He has another name too. Uh, okay. Knack. I think Knack the Wolf. Um, Knack? 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 Knack, baby. <laughs> so I'm up to six, uh, right? Mm, you might even have seven there. Uh, Sonic, you got... Knuckles, Amy. You're missing one. You said Bean, you said Bark, you said Fang. Bean, Bark, Fang. We got one more at least. You're missing Ch- a Chaotix. I... Oh, um, uh, Espio? Yes. yes, correct. Espio yeah. is in, indeed in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tails, noticeably not a player playable character in that game as far as I know. It says, it says uh, eight playable characters. It, it says Tails on here. 
Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, Tales, Tales is there. Oh, Do you know what that game is when about? They by the way? released it. No. When they re-released the game in 2012, they added Metal Sonic Robotnik that makes and sense. Honey the Cat. Honey the Cat. Sorry. Um, oops. Honey is based on a character with the same name from Fighting Vipers. Oh. Does that help? Oh, I see. Nah, How's your Fighting really, Vipers knowledge? Not crazy fan of that character. Um, do you know what that game is about? Sonic the Fighters? No. Uh, what was the last? It's uh, Robotnik rebuilt the Death Egg. And uh, instead of just being like, oh, we should probably take care of that, huh? They're like, let's fight to see who gets to destroy it. We know we're going to blow it up. Like, we know oh. we're going we're gonna to beat this guy. <laughs> Let's have a tournament where we kick the shit out of each other, and the last person who's conscious gets to go blow up the death egg. Huh. That's a bad storyline. Also, That's a great story. Also, in actually. that game, whenever you hit someone, instead of blood, rings go flying out of them. Oh, that makes sense. That's that's cute. That's yeah, fine. it's cute the first few times. Do y'all know? Sorry, I am in the middle of a playthrough of Sonic Adventure Two. Battle uh, on Twitch.television slash fan. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm playing that game. Right. Um, now, do y'all know what the plot of that one is? Yeah. Wait, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle? Yeah. It's like Eggman's Like the back Rambo? of my hand. Oh. Yeah. I have played through that game so many times. I could quote parts of it. I just, I, I kind of just forgot that there is a scene where the president of the United States is video chatting mm-hmm. with Eggman, who is in space, and he's they're driving down a dead-end street in San uh-huh. Francisco, um, and then all of a sudden the sunroof is opened, yep. and then there are three very fast cuts, uh, and suddenly Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails uh, are in the limo, like, I guess tracking where in space Eggman is calling the president from, uh-huh. and then they all jump out of the uh, out of the limousine, and the president's like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And that's the plot of Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Also, I did think that Sega made uh, Time Crisis for some reason, and that's not. I true thought at so all. too. Who made oh, it? Oh, it's not. It's Namco. Oh, that's Namco. Namco um, did that. Now, one. what do you think? Now, what do you think that this? I, now, for the listener at home, I've sent a picture of a gun controller to uh, to my to my coworkers here for the PlayStation mm-hmm. One port of Time Crisis. Now, what do you think this controller is called? The Namco gun. No, <sighs> Steven. I used to know this. It's like the... It's not this. It's not the equalizer. It's something like that. Well, no, wait. incorrect. No. Uh, I, which one is the Enforcer? Is the Enforcer the Genesis one? Enforcer, I think, is the Genesis no. one. What is Would it? Would you like me to tell you? how? What's the first letter? It is G. For gun. G- gun con? It is gun con. Gun yeah. con, yes! It is yes. gun con. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Now what I, have, now, what I have discovered is that Nintendo did just steal the idea for Joy-Con from the folks over at Namco, huh? And meanwhile, DC uh, also stole it for their idea for Batman suit. Because it does just look like that Robert Pattinson suit um, Batarang symbol thing. You guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've all seen that. Anyway, time crisis. The crisis is time. 
Mm-hmm. A crisis in time. Yeah. Uh, uh, do we want to maybe move on to uh, wrapping the show up with a little bit of... Uh, yes. P- uh, okay. <laughs> but I was going to say with maybe a bit of listener mail here. Oh, I love mail. Okay. Merritt, how do you feel about that? I think we've... I think we've... Uh, you know, it's a little oh, bit shorter. Right. <laughs> oh, right. shit. Sonic oh, no. is here. That's okay, Knuckles, he's... actually. No, right. Sonic. It's Sonic. Oh, shit. Uh, Sonic has a... Or Knuckles has a bow and arrow, and he's just going to shoot my parental figure to death with it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not again. Uh, mm-hmm. Stop fooling around and give me back my emeralds. Like, I like, mm-hmm. I like the Knuckles Rouge dialogue. When she says, like, all the world gems belong to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they, they sort of, like, get into this, like, love-hate relationship over the fact that they're both hunting down the shards of the Master Emerald. That Knuckles, I remember that. Uh, yeah. That Knuckles exploded to stop Robotnik from stealing it. Here's, but, he punches okay, it with his here's my question, though. Yes. Here's my question. Yes. Uh, let me, yes. He punches it in one location. Mm-hmm. And they explode all over the earth. Mm-hmm. And they explode across the entirety of the Earth, and they explode into places that. How hard did he punch it? How hard did he punch the emerald? Because pretty, some of them are just hard. in the water temple. I mean, just have you seen the size of his? The water temple. He's literally uh. called Knuckles. Like he is known for the size and strength of his fists. Unlike but Sonic, he, run, he, he doesn't does chuckle. Run very fast. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. He he prefers to use his knuckles. Yeah, I this is the worst. Uh, Unlike Shadow the Hedgehog, you know, what who, a, he's gun. Who has um, he's gun? I, what I, just, I would love is for someone to edit uh, the Sonic movie when it comes out, like on DVD or whatever, um, to have the same like dialogue cutting as Sonic Adventure Two, because famously that game very poorly. <laughs> Paced because people will yeah. start talking while someone else is talking. While other people, yeah, yep, it's bad. Uh, it's, <laughs> Sonic Adventure Two is bad. It's great, actually. No, it's um, not. It's a great video game. I don't know. It all about starts this with Chow this. Garden. Chow a jewel Garden containing is... the ultimate power. Yeah, they could have put Chow Garden on on its own CD-ROM, and it would have sold like hotcakes. I have it's a question true. about Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Yes. Based yes. on my very limited remembrance of playing it at my aunt's house on her GameCube uh, whenever I went to visit her. Um, uh-huh. Yes. Is Eggman's grandpa a factor in that plot? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. His it name was, is what? Gerald Robotnik. Wait. Is that how they, is that how they rectify that? Is, the, is, it, is Robotnik uh, the grandfather of Eggman? Uh, he is. I don't remember because robotnik was never a thing in japan right right um but it's but like a lot of stuff it's like the like the english version becomes so popular in different parts that eventually they kind of need to acknowledge it yeah i think uh i think yeah they did yeah gerald robotnik too yeah (laughs) did he really need a first name i don't know uh yeah because if they just call him robotnik then uh, Robot yeah. Nick. Ro- uh, yeah. <laughs> His first name Robot, last name Nick. Robot, Robot Nick. Nick. Hello, yeah. Mr. Uh, yeah, no, he's a. Uh, My favorite Fallout 4 character. He was, uh, according to. <laughs> we learned this in 
uh, Shadow the Hedgehog, but he was working with this like evil alien to create the ultimate life form, which was oh, Shadow. Oh, which is Shadow, the ultimate life form. Yeah, he was working with... Um, which... I don't remember in, his name. In, in, in Sonic Adventure 2, so, Sonic keeps calling him a fake hedgehog, which doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense. I mean, he a, is a real hedgehog. He's a real hedgehog. He's an extant hedgehog. But Sonic is like, you're not a real hedgehog all the time. Uh-huh. I, Come back here, faker. I'll show I, you no, who's the real fake hedgehog. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were like, haha, I am a human being. I live on Earth and have an understanding of earthly things. I have just teamed up with this ancient alien, this celestial being from beyond the stars to help me create the perfect life form. Black Doom, and then, yes. <laughs> and, and then you do it, and then it comes out, and it just literally looks like a hedgehog. <laughs> well, the first draft was a big lizard. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the first draft is called Bio Lizard, and it's just a big lizard. Oh, that, okay. That's like their prototype ultimate life form. And then uh, that's the final boss of, of Sonic 2 because it then merges with the space station colony arc, which basically means that it's just got part of the space station like up its butt and it's trying to crash yep. itself into the earth because it needs to die um, because it should mm-hmm. not be. Oh, but, it's like um, Char's counterattack. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like that's sort of interesting to me is like your your first draft is a big lizard and your mm-hmm. final product is a hedgehog that can talk much like the dinosaurs and the humans do you know why he was trying to do this why he was trying to create the ultimate life form yeah no uh because somehow he thought that it would um help cure his uh, uh granddaughter niece uh, oh, wait, who is she again? Maria? Oh, yeah, there's Granddaughter. a child. Yeah, yes. Maria. Maria's very sick, and uh-huh. um, he's trying to save her life by uh, making a, bl- uh, like a, a black hedgehog that is has powers. <laughs> that has guns. That has guns, and uh, the disease that she has, um, according to the comics, I believe, I don't think it's ever named in the game, Okay, is... Uh, called NIDS, N-I-D-S. Okay. Neuroimmune Deficiency Syndrome. Oh. Definitely not AIDS. No. Yeah. Definitely Defin- not that. Yeah. Uh, D-N-A. Which... Mm, wait, that's already a thing. <laughs> that's no, a no, thing. no, 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 that's not taken. Okay. He's Cute. attempting to cure his granddaughter's advanced immunodeficiency syndrome by making a hedgehog. Uh-huh. It seems like Wait. maybe you got off course a little bit, my dude. No. What's the what's the problem with that? At best, my most generous interpretation is that um, he's creating a life form that can go back in time to like somehow stop her from getting it. But I don't think you can if Wait. it's just like an inherited dis- disease. Can shadow time travel? Uh, unclear. I think maybe sometimes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He can ca- he can chaos control. He can chaos control. Sometimes he can go. I think Sonic 06, either he or Silver, uh, they just go back in time at one point. Oh, is this like a flash situation? If it, if you just run fast enough, you just no. Go it has nothing to do with that. Actually, it's just the chaos. Why animals. would you? You have it right there. It's like the whole thing is that they're fast. Yeah, I mean Shadow is. Uh, I don't know if he's fast or just has rocket boots. 
Mm, well, he does stop time, right? That's chaos control. Is just that's chaos control. Time. Yeah, that might as well be super speed. Is that what it's Yeah, but God, the first time, the first time Shadow does a chaos control, both people in the fucking thing are moving at normal speed. Sonic and yeah. Shadow are moving at the same fucking speed. Yes. Yeah. Dumb. 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 Yes. Yeah. Cause, well, cause you know, it just works. Okay, don't think about it. Too Sonic, much. It yeah, ju- you're right. It just works. It just works. Sonic has been touched by the chaos powers before, which means that he has a certain limited amount of things. So, okay, so Shadow killed uh, the great grandfather of Sonic, and then uh, cut off his own head and put it on his body. So okay, they are we, technically we have related. To stop. Hmm? What? We have to. Uh, we can't do this. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll have a podcast. We'll it's have also, our own podcast it's also, sometime. It's also pronounced chows, please. Chows. Oh, wait, is it real? No, you can tell me anything, because I've been over this before. <laughs> Merritt says things sometimes where I'm like, oh, that's probably uh-huh. real. I have no reason to um, not believe Merritt, my I have no reason to lie about something <laughs> so, so simple. Why would I lie about it? I would have to be some kind of, like, psych- psychopath. Mm-hmm. Uh... Is they're not they're not called the Chows Emeralds, are they? That's actually Dear chaos God, emeralds. no. They okay. are Chaos no, Emeralds. No, no. It's chaos. chaos. Cha- the big water man is chaos. Um, Wait, there was a man named Chaos? Yeah, the, the, that's, big the, water. that's the, the main big water boss. Man. That's the main boss in the first Sonic Adventure. I never played Sonic Adventure. He's one. a big water chaos god called Chaos that eats the Chaos Emeralds and sometimes a frog and then gets really powerful. Is that where the yeah. Chaos Emeralds come from? Uh, no. no, it's not where they come from. It's just... They're, a byproduct. They're, they're related to him somehow. I forget. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. The the, ba- the baby um, uh, entities, the, the, the energy beings, are called Chows. Are they related to Chaos? Yes. Yes. Are they Chaos's babies? Unclear. No. They come remember. from eggs Here, that you can my- buy from a guy across the way from the kindergarten here's my ultimate 300 rings this is my ultimate question about all of this uh-huh. D- does literally any of this matter does it is it all just completely made up gobbledygook <sighs> well, well that's I mean, the question about the... culture right well right this is but why I... we the patriots created that big computer because they were like <sighs> yes. oh when the internet exists people are going to become so preoccupied with trivial information about sonic the hedgehog that they won't be able to govern right. themselves anymore so that we have to do that truly right. it is because you be on that phone yes i think the patriots did nothing phone. wrong oh my god we that's where we need <laughs> well, to end this that's the end of the show so thanks for listening to no, this no 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 we, we'll, we'll do one oh. quick it's it's a very quick uh, uh, bit of listener mail. I also had something else that I wanted to do, but uh, Danielle out on assignment this week. So uh, if anybody was wondering why we didn't address that, they, now you know. Um, we did have a message come in from one Matt uh, who wanted to know uh, if we were any flavor of ice cream, what flavor would we be and why? Wow, this is some like psychology test stuff of like mm-hmm. if I say the wrong thing, I'm gonna like. So picture an ice cream cone in your head. Now rotate it. How many times can you rotate it? That's <laughs> that's success. That's your pistachio God. score. Um, what ice cream? I don't really think about like being. Thi- I don't know. Yeah, that's chaos. Nikki thinks that's when he eats the frog. Mm. That's why. He, that's why he has the tail because the frog has a tail for some reason. 
Why does he eat a frog? Is it like a Ginyu situation? Did they trick him into Uh, eating the frog? I think the frog ate the Chaos Emerald. Nikki, what kind of ice cream would you be? (laughs) He swallowed the frog that swallowed the Chaos Emerald. There was... was... Stupid. (laughs) Merrick, goddammit. Follow the frog. Follow the... Just salt. Uh, The the fucking uh, ice cream flavored ice cream. Are they aliens in the video games? Ice cream flavored ice cream? What? Yeah. Ice cream flavored ice cream. That's what I would be. Oh, that's boy. That's like a tautology. I don't. Uh, oh boy. Now you really are yeah. getting into like the there's something there, right? Aspect there's something this. there. Uh, give me, give me a minute because I'm about to. Um, there was a fla- salt and straw had a flavor of of um, Meyer 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 lemon. Um, it was like a it was like a lemon meringue pie, kind of, but it was Meyer lemon. Like, Ooh. and then there was marshmallow, and it was vanilla ice cream, and it had vanilla wafers in it, and it was the Ooh. best ice cream flavor that ever existed, and I would like to be that, because then I could have more of it, because I could eat my own fingers. Oh, okay, um, well, I would that went a direction. would remember the flavor. <laughs> I would be able to remember the delicious flavor that Salt and Star has been depriving me of for three calendar years. Mm. That does sound really good, though. Shit. God, it was so good. There is a... I bought pints of it. There is a... I don't... I doubt this is a thing outside of the Midwest. Maybe not even outside of, like, the tri-state area that I'm in right now. But, like, do you you guys uh, know of Schwann's? Like, the brand Schwann's? No. No. In... Around here, there's, like, this whole thing where it's, like, you have, like, a Schwann's person. We used to call it the Schwann's man, but that's probably not truly accurate. There's probably people who are not uh, men who deliver Schwann's things. But Schwann's uh, was this company that, like, my grandparents used to always order Oh, from. you have talked about this on the show before. Uh-huh. Yes, I do. Okay. I do. Yes, yeah. Because uh, there's no well, other way I would know de- about it. They home deliver a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. All kinds of food and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe I have talked about this. They One of the things that they deliver are these, like, uh, ice cream cones that come in, like, this kind of, like, perfect conical shape where it's, like, a flat top with, like... yes chocolate and vanilla or uh or like vanilla with like hardened chocolate syrup and uh peanuts on them like kind of uh right. ground up the, co- and, the and cone the cone that you picture in your mind when you are asked to rotate a cone right and the inside of the cone itself is also coated in chocolate those are pretty fucking good that's like that tastes like childhood to me that's what i want to be i want to be a schwann's ice cream cone wow well i took a buzzfeed quiz and it said i was vanilla Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. Well, that's science. But but uh, then I also um, went to a Reader's Digest website, uh, Reader's Digest, and it says that vanilla flavors are likely to be colorful, impulsive, idealistic risk takers. Hmm. Is this astrology? It's yes. ice cream astrology. Okay. Uh, Jonah Peretti has spoken. Congrats. Yeah. Well, you could also speak by going to podcast at fanbyte.com to send okay. us questions, comments, concerns, um, anything you want to know, really, as long as it's, you know, fun. Appropriate. <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah, that's the word. Keep it clean, um, folks. Keep it clean. We're a family program. That's why we only talk about Sonic the Hedgehog lore. And this is Teleview. 
the two most family-friendly video game products <laughs> ever released. What toddler tinkle. Uh, yeah, and I think that's probably going to wrap it up for this week, and just in general, uh, unless we want anything else that we want to shout out here at the end. Uh, apply to the internship. Once still, I fix it. Yeah, I was going to say, still open. Uh, at the time of this recording, the LinkedIn link, the LinkedIn page currently says no longer taking applications. So that is not true. It is open that's till... not true. Nikki, when is it open till? It's open until, uh, we'll just say March 9th. It was that March 9th. That sounds correct. Yes. Um, it was either 6 yeah, or 9. Yeah, it's March 9th. It's, it's, it is 3-9 because 3-11 is the notification date. That's right. Uh, okay, perfect. Um, and then, yeah, if in the meantime, if I don't get it fixed by the time this podcast goes up, just email me at Nikki at fanbyte.com, uh, and I'll get it. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get there together. Fantastic. Uh, while you're at it, uh, is there any place that people can follow you on the internet, Nikki, that you might want them to do so? Sure. Uh, Twitter.com slash uh, Godsewa, G-O-D-S-E-W-A. Beautiful. How about you, Merit? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Merit K. And I also want to say that you should join our Discord. Yeah. Um, which is popping off. And uh, I post uh, invite codes pretty frequently. But uh, if you don't see one, just tweet at us and we'll, uh, we'll drop one for you. Hell yeah. Um, that's a great group of people in there. Everybody's been extremely open and welcoming. And every once in a while, we have a music bot. And every once in a while, I just go in there and queue up all of the Toonami uh, intro music video things, the promos that they used to do, like Pardon Our Dust and stuff like that, that were just like um, weird uh, sort of EDM mixed with uh, lines from various Toonami animes from that time. Mm-hmm. And I just let those play because I just like it's to do very that. Good. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good audio time. It really is. I really appreciate those. You know they made more of those? Like, recent, like in yeah. the last few years? That's yeah, because Toonami's back. Toonami's back, baby? Shit. I don't watch cable, so <laughs> I've not really seen it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, they play stuff like Attack on Titan, and I'm just like, not here for that. But, still. Uh, Toonami's still pretty good. You Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. You can also find all the writing that I do on fanbyte.com, where you should go and click on all of our links and read all of our beautiful stuff. We had a lot of really cool Valentine's stuff go up just last week, last Friday, uh, by Natalie Flores and, oh my god, I'm going to forget their last name, and I feel terrible about it, so I should fix that right now and stall for time while I do so. It's Caitlin... Caitlin, I'm in the wrong email address, uh, but the articles in particular are um, uh, what your what the monster girl of your dream says about you, and then I one believe that... you're thinking of Caitlin Galliz Rao. Yes, those are those are the two people, Natalie Flores and Caitlin Galliz Rao. Uh, they wrote two very good Valentine's pieces for us last week. One is about uh, what your favorite monster girl crush says about you, and one of them is about what if Emmett Selk, architect of the Asians, whose true name is Hades from Final Fantasy XIV, was your boyfriend. Bringing back a classic bit of content that we used to do back at an old website called Zam.com that is no longer around, but had a lot of very good stuff on it. The uh, If X Was Your Y series. Uh, did we uh, Did we just uh, pinch that from the toast? Oh, yes, we totally did. It was the okay. the article... Uh, the articles back then said um, at, the very, at the very bottom that, like, hey, this is this is an ode to the, uh, the toast. But we always did, like, if, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. 
Um, and but yes, we should definitely shout those out too. Uh, the toast was gone by that point uh, when uh, we were doing that exam. Yes. So, uh, but that was a Laura Miche and Danielle Riendo joint bringing that back uh, into the fray. And now we're bringing it back again because it's fun. They're very funny and very good. Um, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, just in general. So thank you all for listening. Thank you two for showing up. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Danielle for uh, being on when she can. Uh, and we'll probably see her again next week. We've got we got packs coming up. Oh, we'll have a packs panel to uh, to attend. Uh, oh my god, know. that's next fucking week. Holy hey. shit! Yeah, we got to hey. talk about that. Hey, are you going to packs East? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are too. <laughs> Uh-huh. Hey, hey, you hear the panic in my voice? That's me legitimately realizing for the first time in uh, a couple of days that that fucker is next week. Hey, mm-hmm. are you going to PAX East? We're going to PAX East. We have a panel. It's on uh, Saturday, February 29th at 2.30 p.m. at the Cuttlefish Theater. It's Fanwith and Late Lunch are having a cool time together. It's called Late Lunch Live. We've got a lot of cool stuff planned, and if you're going to PAX East, you should show up. We'll all be there. Anyway, you should come through. They won't. Because it'll be sad if we if you don't come. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a great time because they won't tell me what they're doing. <laughs> like they oh, yeah, absolutely not. I refuse to tell any of you what we're doing. Which I'm sure will go out very great. Uh, you know what actually yes. re- does really well in front of large crowds and public speaking environments is surprise and spontaneity. Yes, correct. Uh, oh my god, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to being on a plane in seven days because I hate flying. But I'm going to deal with it for all of you. Uh, and you should Yay. all uh, you should all vindicate that by showing up to the Cuttlefish Theater. That's once again the Cuttlefish Theater on February uh, 29th. That's a Saturday, the uh, last day of February. What what time was Leap it again? Year. Just to remind you, two thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. That is the that is the local time of the show. So you yes. don't need, once you're there, you won't need to do any kind of uh, recalculations in your head. Now I think we can finally end this episode of Fan with the Fan by Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining me. And we will be back again with an episode if you'd love to see it later this week. And we will be back uh, again next Tuesday with, another, I think, one more regular episode of Fan With. And then we'll be doing our pack yes. stuff. Keep keep tuned for that. Thank you. Goodbye. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.